0: Hello and welcome to another edition of What Most People Think, Breaking News, the fourth one of these. So as I said, obviously we are, we've got a few adverts on now, but one of the benefits of that is it enables me to drop in with episodes like this on a week like this, where it's just been, I mean, the news has been breaking. The news got got broken. The news has needed x-rays because it got fractured, splintered, and knocked every which way. So consequently, this episode was supposed to just be uh, for International Blokes Day. Uh, by the way, I, I, I know that I've got a, very, a lot of manly men that listen to this, so I don't want to call it International Men's Day, because I think that they might think that sounds a bit limp. So we'll call it International Blokes Day, All right. And, um, but also I just want to catch up on some of the big political news uh, that has broken. So we'll be talking about, um, you know, the Tories, what happened, how that reshuffle was perceived, the the Rwanda decision, but also talking about Labour who seem to, I don't know, Labour have been more organised recently, but it's good to see them rediscover that capacity for shooting themselves in the foot a little bit with uh, some of their MPs rebelling over the wording of a thing in a country that... In a war that we're not directly... Anyway, we'll talk about all that stuff. And then we've got Kenny Marmorella de Cruz, the man whisperer on um, to talk about, you know, some. let's celebrate men. I know that that word, men don't like that word generally, do they? Celebrate, let's celebrate ourselves. I mean, it, it, it does sound like a euphemism. That is part of the problem. Yeah, you know, especially as a comic who's uh, spending a lot of time On the road in hotel rooms alone you'd imagine i'd be doing a lot of self-celebrating um on that note i am currently in a premiering in dundee now one of the interesting things about coming to dundee is that every single scottish person i've told this to has screwed their face up and just you know just looked concerned for me and they sort of questioned my my decision making process There'd be some people have called it Scumdy, which I think is is brutal. Some people have called it the armpit of Scotland, but it's all made me more determined to be in Dundee. However, when I arrived, um, I suddenly realised that the accommodation that's been booked for me is was a twenty minute drive outside of Dundee, and the further I got, man, I was just I started feeling sad. I started feeling sad halfway through the drive. The guy went, "Oh, your venue's over there." I was like, oh, "I was, it's a hotel near the venue." He's like, "No." Nope. Carried on driving, so I don't know where I am or why I am here, Um, so hence the acoustics might be a bit different to what um, you're used to, but I hope you um, enjoy the show. I mean, in terms of travel, it has been an interesting week. Those of you that follow me on um, social media, social media you'll see that on my journey up, because I've had a little run of Scottish gigs and on my journey up to Aberdeen, I was going to the wrong airport. Was going to the wrong airport. I thought it was Luton all along. And then just on a train down to Luton, just one stop before Luton Airport. Um I mean I was quite looking forward to riding that monorail again, but whatever, right? And he's um so I just suddenly thought, is it is it Luton? And I just looked and it was it said no, Gatwick. I was like, oh great, great. So I immediately started looking at alternative flights I could get because I wasn't gonna make it to Gatwick. And um in a way, I'll be honest, in a way, I was lucky. Because there was only one flight, and it was the mere matter of 250 quid from from front And uh, so I made it to the gig. The, the, the audience we had in Aberdeen were great. Last night, I did Glasgow slash Glasgow slash Glasgow. Slash Glasgow. And uh, the audience there were amazing. I've got to be honest, selling out a show in Glasgow, um, so you sound so English when you say Glasgow. Glasgow! My dear boy, take me to Glasgow! Um. Selling it out like it sold out months ago. That was just that was just ridiculous. So thank you for for everyone that came to that. And um, oh, big news. Big news is the the charity gig. I mean, in between this week's episode, I've got that on sale April the 22nd at the Comedy Store. Ridiculous lineup. Romish Ranganathan, Pub Landlord Al Murray, Catherine Ryan, Jacob Hawley, Simon, I mean, just insane. Marcus Brigstock, you know, just ridiculous. Michelle I mean just insane. And it's sold out. It will be sold out, I think, by the time you're listening to this. Um so you know, all that time ago, that 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 viral clip on Politics Live, while all the fuss happened with old uh, with old Lawrence Fox and GB News, I was sort of resolving to like, you know, let's just make something good happen. Let's just make something good happen. So some people have asked me about, will we be able to stream that gig? I don't think we will, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to do, because we want, basically I want to make 10 grand for the charity out of the night. So what I might do is a just giving, but uh, where you'll get to watch like a video highlights from the evening with backstage stuff and stuff like that. So do um, stay tuned for that. But look, this is in a way that is exactly what this podcast is about, what most people think. It's a a topical political show that's coming at subjects that maybe uh, the rest of comedy leave a bit alone and international men's they you know might be one of those things and and blokes welfare might be one of those things that, that comedy hasn't typically had as much time for so new Patreon, I'll, I'll do those on the main show next week. But if you want to get this show ad-free early and with bonus content and you can a- access my specials, you'll get the podcast in your own RSS feed in your usual podcast provider, uh, then go to Patreon and find what most people think. All right, let's just crack on because I want to make time for the subjects this week. I want to thank you. Um, I want to <laughs> fuck you. Um, I want to I want to say thank you uh, to my son who got man of the match in his football match this morning. It's just so great, isn't it? With people under, Underrated is your kids' achievements. It just starts making you realise, yeah, I could just I could just tap out a while. And then my, my niece, she was a, she was at some gymnastics meet and she's an absolute fucking beast on the vault. And then my pals, a lot of my pals, their kids have started to win swimming races and stuff. I thought, suddenly I was thinking, maybe retirement. I start to think retirement could be all right if we just had really high-achieving kids, you know. Like, just one, if one of them was a cricketer, we could just all retire and then just, just basically just hang off their, their coattails. I was thinking, me and my pals on this uh, WhatsApp group, I was thinking, like, there's about six of us. You think there's got to be a fucking Olympic gold in here somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if we should do, like, our own version of the nat- national lottery. But, yeah, just invest. There's every reason. Again, the thing is, well... As well with like girls and you know the amount of extra money getting into women's football is once upon a time like you remember back in the nineties you know they had like it, there was a bit of football I remember on um, Channel Four they had women's football on for a while I remember the the Doncaster Bells are they still a team David Demain do your thing I, I something tells me that in the linguistically sensitive age of twenty twenty three uh, that they're probably not called the Doncaster Bells anymore the uh, any are there any of them even called ladies teams are you allowed to call them Ladies? I mean like maybe only if that they've proved that they're that they're ladies. You know, like if they go to the toilet at half time, like they put a bit of tissue down just so <laughs> just say so you don't need a massive plop. Oh dear god, that went scatological. Uh the fuck you this week is to something I saw uh in the in the papers. It was like a sort of um it was a bit of advice for protocols around using the phone. Because apparently using actually using the phone to make phone calls is um You know, it's very sensitive for these millennials, particularly the Gen Zers. Um, So it's basically telling old people that these are the sensitivities that you've got to uh, adopt. So it's from a company called Debrets. The 10 commandments for mobile phone etiquette. Send a text message before calling. Why do you need a warning before a phone call on a phone? Phone is a verb and a noun, right? Um, Don't expect unannounced calls to be answered. Oh yeah, because that's the last thing you'd want to... I mean, but God forbid... That somebody might just see your name and fucking speak to you. Don't repeatedly read on an unanswered phone. Yeah, fair enough. That's a bit stalky. Oh, this is advice. Follow an un- unanswered call with a text rather than a voicemail. Because, of course, having to log in and retrieve a voicemail and, and hear how someone feels, that's that's a lot of work. How, how fucking dare you even consider that? You just text. You text them because they just want to read stuff. That's why every single clip they watch has got captions on because they just want to read. Not a book you understand, ever, just clips with words on, um, remember that some young people um, can find unexpected calls alarming, well I tell you what unexpected call I find alarming is when it just says doctors, all right, it doctors alarming, the bank, you know, some of them are alarming, but just like, just fucking grow a pair, seriously, um, withdraw from a call if a person seems flustered at receiving one out of the blue, no, that's when you got to stick with it, you got to shepherd them through. A lot of people now. I'm someone that's suffered with like crippling anxiety from time to time. But the the point is, it's not. It doesn't mean because you feel it that you that you immediately have to just tap out. It's sometimes you just got to you got to stay with that feeling and realise that you can get to the other side of it. Um, but he also says be tolerant if an older caller leaves you a voicemail rather than a more convenient text message. I mean, that sounded passive aggressive convenient textbook. Well, not everything's about your convenience, you little shit. Um, don't multitask while on a call. Yeah, I mean, I am with that. If I hear somebody clickety-clacking on the fucking keyboard, why do they not think that they can be heard? Or worse still, eating or smoking. The sound of somebody smoking when they're on the phone is just... <gasps> they're just the sound of, like, the inhaling. <laughs> and then the blowing out of smoke. It's just it, incredibly aggravating. Um, don't have calls on loudspeakers in public places. Don't send texts of condolence. I mean, that, like, I mean, it can be tricky. If someone's just lost someone, like, you have to think where you are in the ranking of the grief circle. So you kind of like, if you're really close, you can put in a call. But if you're, like, on, like, say it's a a, a tube map, say you're zone six. Then you're texting, right? What
1: most people
0: think. Okay, right. Let's just have a quick catch-up on the politics before we talk International Men's Day with the Man Whisperer, Kenny Marmorella the Cruz. <music> so literally, since this podcast, the main one went up on Tuesday. It, it things have moved on. I've got to say, now in, in that conversation, you might have sensed that. Look, I'll be honest, it's one of the most dark things that I could admit in comedy is that I do have a bit of love for David Cameron. I've got a bit of love for DC. I mean, he took my Tory cherry. I was The first time that I voted for the Tories was in 2010 because Dave, he had a bit of a deal going on there, didn't he? It was like, you know, we're going to be socially liberal. He's got a very dribbly voice, Dave, isn't he? Just It always sounds like he's just salivating. Yeah, we're going to be socially liberal and we're going to be fiscally responsible, right? Fix the roof while the sun's shining, all that shit. I bought into that, right? But I do increasingly think that it's mad from Rishi's point of view to bring another bloke in. It's sort of like, like because he looks more suited to the job. So it's sort of like if you're you know inviting another bloke into the bedroom with your missus, you go, all right, baby, this guy he's gonna be, here. Uh, he's not gonna get involved in the main stuff. He's just gonna you know yeah he's taller yeah he's um, yeah he's more experienced yeah you know, he's um, <laughs> but he's you know he's not gonna he's not gonna get involved directly. She might think well maybe he should you know. Um, but, you know, poll- the polling since has not sort of backed up the idea that this reshuffle has had a positive uh, effect. Because maybe, and I've always said this on this podcast, is the public are pretty shrewd, you know? What they essentially see is a Tory party kind of thrashing around, going, what's our thing? What's our USP? And fucking Rishi, I mean, he's had more costume changes like than Barbie. He's like a political Barbie, isn't he? Because even in the last two months, we've had Ulez Rishi. Remember that? He's all about fuck Ulez. And then he was change, Rishi. Oh, I am I am the change candidate. And then he's gone back to Dave. And now he's like, continuity, I don't know. I think the truth is, right, this is the truth, is they've had a few goes at stuff. They've kind of gone, well, we're not really going to turn this around. Let's maybe just focus on smooth government until we go, right? So if you look at the people in his top jobs now, Cleverly, Cameron, Hunt, Grant Shapps, you've got people that can go in front of a camera and basically not give him issues because you know running the Tory part in the last few years has been a bit of a hospital pass, and he's probably looked at some of the some of the people. God, you know what? I just want some slick ricks out there that can do the sound bites. Let's just you know let's just get through this. All right, lads, let's just get through this and uh, we'll regroup. And um, and the public see that the public aren't idiots. Then on Rwanda. Now, so they lost their high court judgment there. And on the way, I would have thought, but once you've sacked Suella, right, the the play, I thought, was to, be, to pin it on her. They kind of knew maybe which way the wind was blowing and say, so, well, you know, we saw this coming. She's mismanaged it. Uh, we would have liked to have made it work, but it hasn't, you know, been handled correctly. That's part of the reason we got rid of Suella. But they've immediately, because I guess Rishi has to... To reassure the right wing of the party, they've immediately come out and go, No, we're all about Rwanda. We still love, love Rwanda. And cleverly, cleverly, I mean he knows it's batshit. And and he's rumoured to have said that he's batshit. But I think that it's sort of like, do you know in the film um in, in the film Mean Girls where one of the characters keeps trying to make the word fetch a thing? She's like, Oh, that is so fetch. That is so fetch. And one of the girls goes, Stop trying to make fetch a thing. And I think that about Rwanda. Tories, all right, stop trying to make Rwanda a thing. It may be, you know, it does need a a radical solution because it is a priority for the voters, but it does feel increasingly that this ain't fucking it. And honestly, if you think that, like, Labour are going to come in and and wave a magic wand that doesn't involve serious uh, concessions to the EU, then then I've got... I was going to say... I've got a chocolate teapot. I don't know, mixed metaphors. Look, what I'm saying is I'm not sure Labour will sort it out either. What, what most people think. So, Labour, they um, they have this vote, right? They see it coming up. They know that there's going to be voting on the King's speech. There's a chance for some amendments. They, The SNP have, have tabled this amendment, which I guess, you know, maybe it's what they 100% believe, but there was certainly a strategic element to it, maybe mischievous, some could say and uh, so Labour they, they see this coming down the track they try to change the wording of their amendment like literally right up to we want humanitarian pauses we want we want more humanitarian pauses we, we want the pauses to last for ages We were, in fact we almost want like a permanent pause it was just that they could not bring the they couldn't say ceasefire right they couldn't say it and um, there was I think roughly a third of the party rebelled had ministerial sackings, and it was interesting listening to the, let's say, political podcasts that are sympathetic to Labour under Starmer, trying to sort of downplay this. Like, look, they might have managed the fallout well, but you cannot fucking deny that this was uh, this was a big deal. This was a, this was a big deal, you know, like they the ministerial uh, sackings effectively. But what they did was they, they choreographed the, out, the the fallout pretty well. So what you have is a lot of people, heavy hearts, with, with you know, such a heavy heart. Heavy, heavy hearts, fucking everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Just, just, just atomic density of the hearts in the Labour movement was uh, unprecedented, and, and I think that a lot of those people will end up back in jobs. But what it sort of spoke to in a way was, I think, actually, Labour. It was a serious rebellion. They did handle the fallout well, but also, don't think for one second like that. Like you know, one thing with people uh, on on the left is that they wanna they wanna stand for things, right? They wanna even if even if this is like the wording on an amendment to do with a conflict we're not directly involved in in another country and Labour aren't even in power, that, like, well, I need to have said the right thing on this. So I think that once Labour get in power, if they have a majority of about 120, that is that is tricky territory for Starmer because he's not, the the parliamentary Labour party are a lot more left-wing than he is. So I think, you know, in a week where it did seem like they politics just went, let's just throw every storyline out of fucking wall and see what happens they've gone right swell her out Cameron back rwanda cancelled labour rebellion i think that you know both sides have taken a few blows but it still seems like there's just there's just nothing that can top stop this story (laughs) nothing i was gonna say there's nothing that could top this tory slide i think that's probably true as well Okay, uh, just a quick hype here. I hope you don't mind uh, if I hype the book a little bit. The British bloke decoded, you know, gifting season coming up. If you're a bloke, there's every chance that you're just going to be bought a pile of shit. You know, someone's going to wrap up uh, a little can of San Miguel for you and expect you to be happy, <laughs> and not even let you drink it the, the moment you open it. Um, so you could start nudging people and going, "This is what I want. This is what I want, right?" And also you know i'm not just it's not just for blokes yeah you know, it's not it's not like a yorkie bar that was a great campaign wasn't it the moment they said yorkie it's not for girls you know women are like right we'll see about that and they all end up eating a fucking chocolate bar they didn't want um <clears throat> so yeah the british bloke decoded and it, yeah it's sticking up for blokes unashamedly at a time when the blokey brand has been under fire, this book is both celebrating our behaviour, sticking up for us. And, and I hope explaining some baffling stuff to uh, women that just just don't understand why we won't wear sun cream. Um, the tour shows. So in 2004, there are tour shows that went on sale a bit later. That If you don't mind, I would just like to remind you are happening. Kings Lynn, Saturday the 27th of January. I'm not saying anything about people being in relationships with relatives, nothing at all. Aldershot, shot. uh 1st of February, big room, a lot to get sold, but still more to go. Uh new date, Friday, the 2nd of February in Tring. 8th of February in Stroud. and um, 9th of February in that's a fucking busy week, isn't it? Grimsby, 10th of February in Chorley. Well, wow, that's a uh, one side of the country to the other. Okay, I look forward to that. uh Mansfield Palace Theatre on Wednesday, the 14th of February, Valentine's Night. At the Mansfield Palace Theatre, I can't say any further than that. It's 15th of February, Loughborough Town Hall. Uh, the 16th of February, the Core Theatre, Solihull. Now, that has moved to Bromsgrove, but uh, hopefully I'll see you there. Wednesday the 21st of February, Derby. Uh, Derby Theatre in, in, in Derby, quite clearly. All right, let's speak to uh, Man Whisper Kenny Marmorella de Cruz, about International Geyser's Day. Okay, so when you're listening to this, it's probably International Men's Day. So I'm just I'm just dialing up my old mate Kenny Mamrella de Cruz, the Man Whisperer. He's he's on the move, but he's he's very much in demand on this International uh, Men's Day. But he's got a bit of time to speak to us down down the line. Is that what I have to say, Kenny, to totally, to explain yeah. the sound issues?
1: Yeah, happy International Men's Day from down this bad connection hole.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, can you hear me, Helsinki? Um, um So first up, right? We we just gonna have like a very sort of like a focused chat here, like like you know, one of one of men's great qualities is to communicate. We don't need to do an hour on this. All right, we're men. Um yeah. Is International Men's Day itself. Do we need it? Because that's the one thing, Kenny, is I'm wondering, I'll have some of my listeners, that this whole thing of celebrating ourselves and all this stuff, it will, it might wind them up. Do we, do we need a day for ourselves?
1: Do you know, the worst thing for me about International Men's Day is having to defend International Men's Day every year. And it's yeah. like International Women's Day, everyone knows the 8th of March, everyone celebrates women, no one makes a fuss. And it's about celebration. International Men's Day, it's new, and what's important about it is the trouble that men are in. Suicide. Like, somewhere in the world, a man takes his life every 40 seconds. Mental health issues. Isolation. Not checking our prostates and our bank accounts and things getting out of control because we're too busy fixing and trying to hold it together. So... It's kind of less of a celebration, even though it's supposed to be a celebration, but it's like we need to check things out. We need to man up and talk about it and take good care, take care of ourselves and take care of other people.
0: I mean, the stats are arresting. Like, you know, one of the things with the the charity gig that I'm doing is it's just it's just a way of getting those. Those arresting statistics out there. I mean, it's the vast majority of all homeless sleepers are are male. uh, Men are dying younger. They're taking their own lives exponentially more. I mean, like on on almost every cause of death, men outscore women. And obviously, the blokey part of your brain goes like, "Yes, we men win. We 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 take the (laughs)
1: we're better at one thing
0: dying." <laughs> oh, good. Do you want? Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something? So I, I, I sort of scout around on TikTok because I'm just interested as to what young people think about this stuff. And they were talking about the fact that essentially, in the male female dynamic, men constantly have to reward women for being their partners. And one guy said in the comments, "The only man, the, the first time a man gets flowers is when he's in the ground." Oh
1: shit! <laughs> Whoa. Do you know, another thing is like slugs and snails and puppy dogs' tails, from the time where hatched, were basically wrong, bad, dirty, dangerous, perverted, overly powerful, unruly, and so it goes on. So it's like, so here we are defending ourselves for having a day that's supposed to be celebrating ourselves. Meanwhile, we're talking about really serious stuff that matters. I
0: mean one of the things I wanted to pick your brain for here is cuz we you know we mentioned the suicide thing it's probably the thing that most people are are aware of the stuff about homelessness most people maybe not so much yeah. what are the signs right because if if there's a point to this awareness right it is what is this what does this discussion achieve right well one of the, the potential benefits is it makes us more alive and alert to when the men that we know and care about are falling off the grid what would you say are like the, the sort of telltale signs that a guy is really struggling, those, the ones that might be hard for people to pick up on?
1: You know, um, I would say the first thing to notice is when someone's not around, because men are really good at isolating, running, hiding, overthinking, disappearing. And I know my overthinking, when I overthink and overthink, I get so emotionless and looking for a solution that the only solution I can come to is remove myself. And that's dangerous. That's seriously dangerous, which is why I say it's like, we need to talk about it. And it's fine to say how are you doing mate and stuff, but it's like look them in the eye and say, nah, what's going on? How are you? What's happening in your life? What's good? What's bad? What's ugly, but have a conversation and notice who's not there. And then notice who's either, who, who's like drinking a little bit too much. Smoking or drugging or whatever a little bit too much, overeating, overexercising, overworking, if things are out of balance, because, you know, we are trained to hold it together and fix things, not to be available and talk about things. So this is a major, major rewiring. Um, but yeah, I mean, we need the question twice. How are you? What's going on?
0: What, um, it's really interesting that you mentioned over exercising there, because I think that that, all the other stuff that you've said, maybe we don't act on it quickly enough, but people recognize drugging, drinking, gambling, eating, all that stuff over exercising. You do sort of, sometimes I wonder if a bloke feels that he can't literally exist without one to two hours of exercise a day. That always says to me, maybe anxiety, because we all know that when you exercise, you get a brief kind of respite from anxiety and and, and stress. Is is it a symptom of that sometimes?
1: I'd say there's another issue as well, well, and that's body dysmorphia. I had body dysmorphia as a child. It's like I don't look right. And these days with social media, it's money, muscles, monkeying around, and muscles can turn into armor. You're not getting anywhere near me, but I want you to look at me and look at me with respect rather than laugh at me, but mm. I'm too vulnerable for you to come near. So it could be body dysmorphia. It could be like filling an emotional hole with all of this lack of self-worth stuff. So I'll look right, and then I don't need to do anything. You know, they say that. This is a bit dodgy. They say that about pretty girls. It's like, well, they don't need personalities. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but they yeah. say but goes for blokes and in the old days it was a female thing body dysmorphia but i remember a few years ago there's this like riddled with muscles drop dead gorgeous bloke who jumped off the humber bridge and it was Mm. just tragic and he overdid the exercising and he had a good life from what everyone else could see but he was never good enough he never looked good enough he never thought right way about himself and it was just Mm. you know it's shocking
0: i mean i do think about about the way that the the dialogue around men's appearance has changed i think for guys like you know you said you suffered with it in your youth i suppose like i I mean like the fact that I don't go to the gym loads and I've got a proper dad board shows that I mean it's always on my mind but it doesn't dominate me in a way I do think the young lads coming through now I've noticed that particularly middle aged women are oh, they will have a little comment you know about your body and stuff or they'll be they'll put their hands on your arms and, and stuff like that I do wonder if the generation of, of lads coming through you know when a woman makes a casual comment oh you're you're easy on the eye or a bit of eye candy <laughs> are, are they going to be like you know like the, the kind of of like you know my dad's generation that just used to say well i'm just giving her a compliment is there going to be a point where young men are going to feel that pressure and scrutiny on how they look as they're less they're less able to outperform women academically and in the work in the workplace and financially and they're actually going to go no that's an unacceptable comment
1: well do you know what it's not that unacceptable for blokes because blokes are so desperate for connection and Mm. so desperate for comments that are positive and so desperate for anything desperate for touch and this is where it gets quite dangerous because physical touch releases oxytocin and gives a good hit of dopamine and the less men are touched the more men get depressed well same with women The more people get depressed, the more people, men go into their heads, they go onto the internet, what's wrong with me? How do I fix me? How do I become attractive? Then they go down the porn hole or the YouTube hole and the wiring goes all crazy and then they get angry and then they get really angry about the women don't like me and I'm not one of the blokes. And, you know, the isolation is tragic and the Mm. starvation of connection, not just social but physical connection you know we're talking mm. about hormones here and it gets out of hand i mean look at the violence from people who call themselves incels they mm-hmm. get so down that hole and so enraged and so self-loathing that really bad things happen it's like this red mist this rage takes over them and boys are egged on to do bad things
0: I mean, you, you know me, Kenny, we spoke a few times now. I am both accepting and absorbing what you're saying, but my brain is, my brain is also lingering on the fact that you said Pornhole, and I'm also thinking that that would be a brilliant name for a pornography website. <laughs> Okay, right. We've we've talked about some of the more serious stuff here. Let's talk about the the positives. Um, What is it that that men bring to the table that we're currently not giving enough credit to? I'll I'll give an example, right? I was on um, one of the Jeremy Vine multiverse of shows now. (laughs) There's several of them. And and I was talking about the phrase that we use. And I mentioned this in the book as well. It's like dad. We use dad as a negative pejorative, you know? Whether it's dad jokes are not the greatest jokes. Dad rock is shit music. You know, dad dad dancing none of this stuff you would say to mum would you you just go mm-hmm. you would never say mum bod if a woman come back into the workplace right and you say oh hello hello janet I see you rocking a mum bod there you know but people <laughs> feel quiet you'd fucking like you go you know what i'll cancel myself i think that's actually a self-cancellation take me to the cancellation self-service checkout till and i'll never be seen again so so i think like there are I'll start first, basically. I think a good dad chat is a great thing because mums, obviously, they carriage you up, they've got that emotional investment, and sometimes they're so close they can't, you know, it's not as easy for them to be objective. But is there anything better than a good dad chat once your dad's got a bit of wisdom under his belt, just sitting down and, and, and talking through a problem with your old man?
1: You know, that's one part is, and also just because they're dads doesn't mean they're wise. But I'd say the True. big thing, is being together, and what I've noticed over this past generation, past generation maybe two, is fathers want to be with sons and daughters, and there are a lot of single fathers around. Fathers want to be there. Fathers Mm. make time. In the old days, it's like, I should go and work. I should provide. I should protect. I'm not really wanted. But these days, it's a totally different kettle of fish. I love seeing the way fathers are with their kids, and I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing it like this 10, 20 years ago.
0: I, I mean, I think that there's, there's, I mean, one on a basic level, we're very good at humor is is a big thing you know and and it just gets glossed over doesn't it because all, all, a lot of the moment what we're seen as more female characteristics sharing empathy and stuff like that are celebrated and then humor well that's just avoidance and it and it, and it can be but also humor it really greases the cogs of of our lives you know it, it's that it's that moment of release and let's be honest Kenny we are and I'll say this and it will sound sexist we're a lot better at doing sound effects when we're telling kids a story or uh, in the evening. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies, but some of you, you know, you just don't have the range. 90% of women do not have the range to really bring a bedtime story fully to life with a background of sound effects. And, and you know, like the stuff of, I think blokes keeping, keeping their hobbies going into later life, I think that is, you know, obviously we get mocked for it a lot for being nerds and sad and stuff. But actually and i'm sure loads of women will be screaming well we haven't got the time for hobbies but you know the truth is you you have to make time for this stuff and and it is a brilliant thing isn't it that men i mean i've got one of my mates who might even listen to this he's got he's got a full train set in his um in one of the rooms in his house now there's there's such a thing as going too far but but do you, do you see that with blokes that, that maybe they've lost touch with those things that that they loved as boys but perhaps they've forgotten about as men
1: You know, I think it's funny you say train sets. I was thinking exactly about the same thing. And, you know, the hobbies could be seen as a stupid waste of time. But, you know, I wonder if they're actually spiritual experiences where the brain can shut off and the man is with his train set and he is simply being and probably receiving spiritual downloads and guidance from God. Of how to treat his wife and kids better. And, you know, it's this presence. It's not just thinking, doing, fixing, and everyone laughs at men for wanting to fix everything, but there is a need for silence and presence. And sometimes, mm. you know, asking um, um, your mate for uh, wisdom, it's not even expecting wisdom because that's face to Most of mine are a bit thick. It's just <laughs> being able to speak it out. And be with them, and be with the situation. And sometimes hmm. a dumbass joke just breaks the spell, but at least the issues in the room. And then we can revisit it when we're ready. We got testosterone. Things need to happen quick.
0: Yes, and also, let's be honest, a train set. It's the, it's the one train you can probably still rely on in modern Britain, isn't it? You don't get you don't get those signalmen going on a a, a wildcat twenty four hour walkout. Okay, Kenny, as as ever, the work that you do. Just remind us if people are wanting, you know, connection and place for conversations. Uh, where where can they find you, and what kind of uh, things can they get get involved in?
1: Go to mensgroups.co.uk. Um, every day we have men's groups online. Um, plus, we've got dad groups and all sorts of other things. Young men, elder men. I train people to hold groups. And so it goes on. I do not know my social channels. Before you ask, I can't remember anything. I love
0: that about you, Ken. Just, I think people that will actually make my audience more, more drawn to you. You know, you're talking to the, to the guy that didn't even know what fucking airport he was going from. So the fact you don't know um, your social media handles. But yeah, do, do go. And, you know, it's an increasing thing. Uh, in in Britain as well and I think that if you're really like if you're you're, it's a real crisis moment is just google men's mental health near me I I googled it near where I live and there was stuff within you know 10 miles 20 miles so I think that that will probably be true in a lot of the country and and, you know if you're really 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 struggling don't forget the good old Samaritans you know anytime night or day if you just need to if, if you can't if you don't feel you can say these things to to people near you then, then you'd be you'd just be surprised. at just saying it to um, a stranger. And and listen, Kenny, I know that you're so in demand this uh, international uh, men's day. But thanks so much for joining us. Down the line is obviously like, you know those. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember those '80s football matches where they used to have like John Motson. He'd be he'd literally be on a phone from Budapest phone. or something. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, mate, thank you for uh, thank you for uh, jumping on and all the good work you're doing. We'll see you very soon.
1: Cool. Take it easy.
0: Okay so yeah obviously there were issues with uh sound quality there but I just wanted to catch Kenny always great just just a reassuringly uh, wise presence and um listen I, it's still it is difficult for me to say happy international men's day I don't know what that means uh but just look it just what you can interpret it however you want you just if your wife hasn't heard of it just so oh, it's, a, it's a international men's day it means that uh, it means that you you got to do me a you know you got to do me a sandwich just just <laughs> Just any old shit. It means that I have to be allowed to watch an obscure Bundesliga match in peace. But listen, whatever it is, you know, keep talking, stay connected. Stay connected? Jesus Christ. This is the problem with this kind of stuff. But you know what I'm getting at, and I'll see you next week for the main show.